Okay. It's not a raffle. <laughs> We're not on Ballam High Street. Like, give us your cash. <laughs> okay, good morning. Morning, everyone. Um, thank you, thank you. Good morning, morning. Abracadabra. Okay, good morning. Um, welcome, welcome again. We, as we've said, we're in brand, brand new church, and it's just a privilege just to begin meeting on Sundays. Uh, I was, we were talking about with someone this week, and Sundays are a small, tiny, tiny part of the what, what else we're doing. And uh, but we we wanted to gather together. It's good to gather together. And so today we're going to talk about uh, how. To surround yourself in God's presence. And um, I've just got the, the passage in Matthew 10.8. 10, 10, uh, that I'm going to read to you. It says, Heal the sick. Bring those who are dead back to life. Make those who have skin diseases clean again. Drive out demons. Freely you have received. Now freely give. So the words will, should come on the screen. And... Um, so it says, freely you've received, now freely give. Now, it's the last part of the verse that I wanted to focus on today, but I, I quite like the beginning bit as well. I quite, like, I quite like that. If you think about what a Christian life could look like, here's your bucket list. Here's the, uh, here's the things. To heal the sick, bring those who are dead back to life, raise the dead. Sounds simple, doesn't it? <laughs> What's going on? Sounds simple. And so sometimes uh, people come to us or come to me and say, um, Steve, Viv, we want to know what God's will is for my life. What's God's will for my life? And if I'm in a bit of a weird mood or I'm in a bit of a sort of cheeky cheeky mood, I'll grab my Bible and I'll say, I know exactly what God's will is for your life. And I'll kind of open the Bible and I'll turn to this verse. And I'll say, I know what God's will is for your life. Just read this. Uh, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, and uh, uh, bring the dead back to life. That's God's will for your life. And they'll say, well, I was only really wondering whether I should stay in London or move out of London, or should I be a teacher or a missionary? What? And so I go, well, no, choose one and do that. (laughs) Just choose one and do do that. just if I'm on a cheeky mood. Other times, I, I'm quite pastoral at times. Um, but it's the last part of the verse. It's the fun, this is the fun part of the verse that we wanted to talk about. Freely you have received, now freely give. Uh, do me a favour. Just, I'm going to ask you to take a deep breath and hold it. Hold it in. After three. One. <laughs> After three. One, two, three. Take a deep breath in. And hold it. And hold it. Come on, Michelle, hold it. And breathe out. Okay. Um, I think this verse is a bit like that. We breathe in, but we can't just hold it in. We've got to breathe, breathe it out. And uh, what we've received, we've got to give it away as well. What we breathe in of God and what we receive from God, the free gift from God, we then give it away to others. And uh, so that's what we're going to talk about this morning, about carrying his presence, but bringing life 
to others as well. Uh, most of us, uh, you might, most of us may, may be familiar with the, the passage where Peter and John are walking to the temple, and they see a, a crippled man on the on the road, and the man's begging for money, and he says, oh, "Give me some money! Give me some money!" And um, any of us who've been in Sunday school, you might know the song, "Silver and Gold." I have. I haven't been to Sunday school. Do you know the song? <laughs> Come on, son. do you know the song? That's it, that's it, yeah. I don't know the song either. I was just thinking about this. But if I'm in a meeting in Starbucks, I don't have 20 minutes to worship. Um, I can't say to Charlotte, the manager at Ballon, um, excuse me, Charlotte, would you mind turning off Nora Jones? Um, I want to have some sort of praise music going on now because I, you know, I'm in a difficult meeting and I want to sort of experience Jesus. So I just need 20 minutes. So if everyone... Less of Nora, more of Jesus, please. Um, we don't have that. Or if we're at work and we've got a presentation or a meeting or a, a, a difficult client, we haven't got 20 minutes. We've got, we've got to be in an instant. And so we're learning how to shift. Or if we're, we're a mum at home and our kids are climbing up the walls, we can't just pause our kids and say, darling, just, just wait there, please. Um, I need to go into the throne room of God for 20 minutes before I can come and deal, deal with you, please. So if you just pause, I'll be back. I'm just going off to the heavenly realms. Um, I'll be back in 20 minutes. We don't have that. And what we're beginning to understand is how do we, uh, how do we f- experience the presence of God but also bring life wherever we are? And it, these are great places to experience the presence of God. One of the things, our dreams as a church, is that everyone, everywhere, will bring life wherever they are. Um, I need to have notes, because I go off all these bunny trails, and I've just got off one. Okay, as I said, heaven is cheering you on. Wherever you are, you're called to bring life, because you carry the presence of God. Um, and again, this is for all of us. I um, once heard uh, a couple of people tell me about uh, this, uh, people that would talk quite candidly. So there were practicing sort of uh, witches, practicing people who were into all kinds of stuff. And they, I remember one practicing witch was talking quite candidly to, uh, to another Christian. And they said, the problem with you Christians, you don't realize how much power you've got. This is from this lady. And she said, you know, we, we create spells and curses and all kinds of things all over the place. She said, the problem with you Christians, you just walk past one of our spells and it's broken. Uh, you don't realize, and, and this witch told this Christian, you don't realize how much power you've got. We know how much power you've got because when you walk past one of our spells, we have to then go back and try and do another one. Uh, so imagine, that's what we don't realize we have um, the the spirit of the resurrected christ lives within inside of us and as as soon as he took residence inside of us god expected us to conquer something so it might be for yourself you might be um, overwhelmed with stress you might be overwhelmed at work you might be overwhelmed at home you might be stuck in relationships or st- stuck in anger And our prayer, my prayer, our hope is that for many of us, we shift our thinking away from what's not going right in our lives 
onto the presence of God, onto his power and life that can transform. Um, as a church, we, uh, we want to get the message out that everyone, everywhere, carries God's presence. So whether you're at work, at home, or at play, everyone, everywhere. Um, and so what we've done is we've asked the, um, the remarkably awesome Laura Ritchie to come and tell us a story about uh, her experiences at work. Just ordinary believers. Give a round of applause. Ordinary believers. Hi, Laura. Hi. I'm going to sit down. Just wanted to sing a song. (laughs) Um, So my name's Laura. I'm from Glasgow, which is in Scotland, which is a separate country to England. However, it's in the north of England and part of the United Kingdom at the moment, just getting that out there. Um, And as a job, sometimes I don't really do very much, but I fit prosthetic legs to amputees. Obviously, I don't tend to do it to people who have two legs because that would be a bit odd. Um, And sometimes I cover clinics. So I work in kind of training and education and a bit of R&D, research and design, but Sometimes I get asked, when they're really desperate, they ask me to cover clinics. And I covered one recently, in, well, last year, in Preston. And I don't, I sometimes forget to pray. I don't know if anyone else, I mean, sorry, I never forget <laughs> to pray. I pray, you know, 23 hours a day, and I just sleep for one hour a day. Um, so, yeah, I'm always, always praying. But sometimes I forget and so it's, I don't consciously wake up and ask God to help me throughout the day. Um, and when I do, I notice that I tend to have better days, which is funny. Um, but this one day, I remember this one patient I was seeing, and she, before I'd even said hello, uh, she, she just had a right go, and you know, she was really grumpy. And it's normally people in the south of England who get grumpy. <laughs> so I was a bit surprised. I thought maybe her accent was, was throwing me off. But she was from Preston. She's really grumpy. And she just said, like, I've been an amputee for 50 years. You know, I know what I want, and I just want you to do it. And I was kind of like, okay, like, you know, that's fine. Forget about the four years at uni and, you know, the, the 11 years that I've been working but yeah, obviously you know best because you know you've been an amputee for fifty years. I didn't say that. I, <laughs> like, I just said it internally, and then I didn't pray to God. So I just did what she asked, and it got to the point that at the end of the appointment, she got quite emotional and she gave me a massive hug, which is fine because I like hugs. Um, if Joanna was there this you don't know Joanna so it's pointless me telling that but Joanna doesn't like hugs so I like hugs so I was fine (laughs) with it but and she got yeah very emotional and she just said this is the first time that I've I feel like I've been listened to in 50 years of being an amputee which is kind of cool I think you know part of me feels like it was my Scottish charm but I really believe that just even without me asking you know even without me inviting God to be part of my day because I because I've accepted Jesus into my life he's he's there all the time and you know I don't I don't have to do anything which which is good because I'm a bit lazy but yeah so I just wanted to encourage you just that you know even if you feel like you're having a really crappy day and you don't you don't feel the presence of God I think I think he's there and for non-believers I think it it can be quite quite clear
Thanks, Laura. So just all, all, we're all ordinary believers who we carry more than we realise and we can influence people far more than we realise. Um, we love it when people pray. We love praying for people. But there's things that around you that you're influencing people, whether you, whether you know it or not. Just like heaven is looking at you, just, you know, imagine the, just go with me. Imagine this thing, the, the grandstand, they're all looking at you. I, I want to propose that people as well are looking at you. People are, they, they might not say it's Jesus. They might not be able to say, John, it's Jesus around you. It's Jesus on you. But they might. Some people might. But some people might. There's something different about you. There's something... What is it about you? And um, for many of us, we've had some of those conversations that people just don't quite know what it is. What, what is it about you? And um, so sometimes God does sovereign acts. And, we, uh, and again, we've probably all heard about sovereign acts of God, maybe, maybe in your own life. And we've heard many, many stories about where God intervenes sovereignly. What we're seeking as well as followers of, of Jesus is what um, the Bible calls co-labouring. And again, it's nothing to do with sort of maternity suites or deliveries. You know, it's nothing to do with that. But it's, it's, it's where we partner with God. What God loves to do sovereign acts, but he also loves to partner with us. And, uh, and, and powerful things can happen through co-labouring. And I just want to tell you a quick story about the feeding of the 5,000. Um, and again, some of us are familiar with that story. Uh, they're spending the whole day with people, and people are starting to gather towards Jesus and the disciples. And at the end of the, at the, end of the day, the disciples realise, actually, we haven't got money or f- food. We're far away to get some food. What, what are we going to do? And Jesus says, well, what have, what have we got? What have we got? And if we've got five loaves and two fishes... And my, my reading of the story is that Jesus didn't actually get caught off guard. He didn't think, oh, I didn't, I didn't realise, oh, no, uh, what are we going to do? But he knew what was going to happen. And his act of faith released life uh, in, into the hands of the disciples. And again, it's a stunning event. Just that mirror, it's a stunning sovereign act. But the next passage afterwards, talks, it says that Jesus, he said, let's go to the other side of the lake. Uh, let's go to the other side of the lake. And there was a life-threatening storm. And at the end of the passage, it's, it's really interesting, it describes the reasons why the disciples got into trouble. And um, as you read it, it says, God makes this commentary. It says, it's, the reason why they got into trouble is their hearts were hardened because of the loaves. Their heart, so the reason they got into trouble because of the storm is because their hearts were hardened because of the loads. Now, I, I read that and I look at the disciples and I think, in terms of my list of qualifications, they, they did everything right. They, they were obedient to what Jesus said. Jesus said, go and, go and feed people. So they were obedient to what Jesus said. They didn't puff themselves up. They didn't go, check us out. Miracle, look at me. I've, I just fed 5,000 people. I'm awesome. They didn't do that. They were humble. And also they, they gave God glory and they were fascinated. So according to me, I look at that and I think, actually they did, they did, everything, they did everything right. They were obedient, they were humble, they gave God glory. But I want to propose 
the reasons they got into trouble was this whole thing of co-laboring. What, what Jesus did once, sovereignly, he wanted the disciples to, um, to, do, to do this co-laboring. And, and I think the reason that their hearts got hard about the food was that they, realized, they didn't realise that it was them uh, that God used to multiply. It wasn't... Look at, think about this with Jesus. Jesus didn't go, right, everyone sit down with the 5,000 people or even more. Everyone sit down, close your eyes, hold out your hands. Abracadabra. And uh, the food sort of multiplied around people. Nor did Jesus grab the loaf, throw it up in the air, did a little twirl, say Shazam, and it all kind of appeared. Um, the, the multi- when did the multiplication occur? Um, sorry, this is audience participation. When did, when did the multiplication occur? When he thanked God? Okay. When did the multiplication occur? As the, yeah, as the, I, I want to propose it is as the disciples, with their own hands, gave out the bread. So they had five loaves and two fishes. And I think as they gave out the, the loaves and the fishes, it, God used them to multiply. Jesus, his act of faith, but it was the, the disciples as they were feeding, as they gave it out. And I think what Jesus was saying when he said, go to the other side of the, the, the lake... Jesus may or may not have known there was a storm, but Jesus wanted them to release life through them. And I, th- I want to propose that's why their hearts were hardened, because they hadn't realised that the, this co-labouring was possible. But you get in Acts 3, where Peter and John, they, they realise that it's about this co-labouring. They realise that what they had inside of them, when they walked past on the road to the temple, they realised that... Something was inside of them. The resurrection power was inside of them. And it was then that they, that they then stepped into what, what they knew. And so this is what we're going to be encouraging. So on a Tuesday morning, wherever you are, how can you re-release life? Whether it's at work or by the school gate or at home or looking for a job. How can we, how can we release life? Uh, and so we love it when God moves in uh, and we feel his presence here. Um, but what about a Friday night when you're with your friends with a couple of Lambriscos? What, what happens then? <laughs> this is Bala. Oh, yeah, sorry. Prosecco. <laughs> so, Hebrews 5. How do we train our senses to carry God's presence at any moment, at any time of day, whether we know it or not? And God wants us, God, and this is sort of the motto of our church, bringing life to Balaam and beyond. And it's through you, it's through us that we do that. So I want to talk about five things that I've learned about how to be filled with God's presence. Because it always starts with, with God's presence. Um, uh, this is going to sound a bit like, so it comes from this idea of asking, seeking, knocking. Asking, seeking, knocking. I don't know if anyone's watched Dodgeball. Anyone seen Dodgeball? What are the four rules of Dodgeball? You dodge, dodge, dip, dive, and dodge. This list is going to sound a bit like, slightly repetitive. But number one, things that I've learned is that moments in the day 
we turn and we shift. Um, so number one, Abby, we turn and we shift our attention towards Jesus. Throughout the day, just turn and shift your, your attention towards Jesus. Um, that could be through prayer. That could be through reading. That could be through, through talking to others. That could be through, you know, we talk about the language of the Spirit, the language of the Holy Spirit. And um, so we believe in the gift of tongues. We haven't, there's no health and safety on what the Bible promises. We believe in the gift of tongues. And if you want to receive the gift of tongues, then we, we'd, love to, we'd love to pray for you. Okay, number two is, um, and this one's probably more challenging for some of us, just beginning to accept that you are 100% loved, and 100% worthy to receive all of God's blessings. It's the thing that I think trips many Christians up. I'm not going to trip over, but I, I think it's the thing that trips many of us up, believing that, sorry, we don't believe that we can come to, towards God because we feel unworthy. We feel because of our past stuff, or because of the, the things going on at the moment, we can't connect with God. We can't... Uh, talk to God or pray, pray to God because we, we don't feel that we're 100% loved or 100% worthy to receive all of God's blessings. My other kind of twist on that is I, I think there's real power in what we say with our voice. Um, the Bible in Proverbs says there's, death, there's life and death in the power of the tongue. So what we say out loud has real power. Uh, and again, I'm not trying to get all American here. I'm not going to get you to stand in front of a mirror and say... Hey, you're, you're mighty fine. I'm not, I'm not going to try and get, get you to do that. But what I just want to challenge you this week um, to say this phrase three or four times a day. I'm 100% loved and worthy to receive all of God's blessings. Just say this with me. I'm 100% loved and worthy to receive all of God's blessings. So just during the day, just as you, if you, if you remember that. I'm 100% loved and worthy to receive all of God's blessing. It's true, whether you know it or not. So to Jesus, God is always with you. The Bible said he's, he's never going to leave you. It doesn't matter what you've done or what you do, he's always right by your side. The Bible says that there's no way you can flee from God's presence. And there's nothing you can do to make God love you any less. There's nothing you can do to make God love you any less. He 100% loves you. And part of the challenge of number one is shifting our attention towards the God that loves us and knowing that we're 100% loved. Uh, so it's a great, great way of improving our identity, doing those, doing those two things. Okay, number three. Okay, number three. Number three. Um, copy... And again, you might say, Steve, copy. Copy what other people do until you find something that works for you. Um, and again, I apologise about the catchphrase style of that. It's not really, I wasn't meant to try and do a poem, but copy what others do until you find what works for you. So if you see someone and they're, they're you know, so maybe in worship, they're kind of putting their hands up in worship. Yeah, I don't do that, but... Why do they do that? Ask them. What, why, what is it about putting your hands up in worship? What, why do you do that? Uh, if we go and watch a football match or we go and watch a concert, 
We probably spend most of our time putting our hands in the air, clapping, cheering, as a sign of, wow, that's amazing, that's awesome. Uh, and that act of just saying, Jesus, you're number one, you're, you're amazing, and I surrender, I just surrender to you, God. So some people, we just put our hands up in the air just for that reason. Ask them. Try it one time. Just maybe, I remember when I first became Christian, I saw these people put their hands up, and I, I just kind of looked around. Just, like, here and... Um, uh, just try it, try it. But copy until it works for you. So it might be, well, how do you pray? You might go to someone, to Laura. Laura, how do you pray? You might want to ask her. So she has influence wherever she goes. So find out from people, what do they do? And, and see if something works for you. Okay, number, number four. Ask, ask for prayer. Get help to receive God's, God's presence. Get help. And get some prayer. Every Sunday, this, again, there's nothing special about the front of here, but it's just a way where you can come and receive uh, a blessing, a prayer, a miracle, whatever you need from God, um, just come up here. I remember there were times where I was, des- I was like, really de- God, I'm really, really desperate for you. And you get the preacher talking about, you know, come forward if you're a, uh, a one-legged woman with, you know, with black hair and, you know, polka dot shirt. I would be down the front. I didn't care that that wasn't for me. I would. I just need God. I just want God. He hasn't said my name, but I'm just. I just need some prayer. Um, so just come get some prayer. Ask for help. Um, keep breathing in the Holy Spirit. Ask for help. Get prayer. Okay. And the last one. This is a bit like dodgeball. Um, well, the last one is, again, what we did at the, number one is turning your attention towards Jesus. It all revolves around that, turning your attention towards Jesus. It starts with turning your attention towards Jesus, and it always is about turning your attention to Jesus. So what we're going to do now is we're going to do that. We're going to ask, we're going to seek, and we're going to knock. So why don't we stand, and we're just going to invite God's presence to come, and I'm going to ask... Uh, Mason, Shannon, and Laura to come, come and play, play a song. Um, and if you're comfortable and you're wanting to do that, we're ju- I'm just going to invite the Holy Spirit to come and fill us with His presence.